Hello and welcome to Talking Tudors, a fortnightly podcast about the ever-fascinating Tudor dynasty. My name is Natalie Gruniger and I'll be your host and guide on this journey through 16th century England. Are you ready to step through the veil of time into the dazzling and dangerous world of the Tudor court? Without further ado, it's time to talk Tudors. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Talking Tudors. I'm your host, Natalie Gruniger. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited to share with you that I recently launched a very special project called 365 Days with the Tudor Queens. This immersive learning experience is much more than just an online course about the Tudor Queens. Over 12 months in 2024, participants will come together and contribute to a supportive and inspiring online community of individuals who will share in a very unique learning experience, one that will ultimately deepen their understanding of 16th century queenship. Participants will take part in an in-depth exploration and study of the lives of the Tudor Queen's consort and regnant, from the uncrowned Queen Margaret Beaufort to England's Virgin Queen Elizabeth I. I will guide participants every step of the way, but I'll also be joined by other Tudor history specialists, including Dr Owen Emerson, historian and assistant curator at Hever Castle, renowned historian, broadcaster and joint chief curator at Historic Royal Palaces, Dr Tracy Borman will deliver the opening address. The stellar list of contributors includes Dr Nicola Tallis, Dr James Taff, Dr Elizabeth Norton, Heather Darcy, Dr Emma Louisa Cahill Maron, Gareth Russell, Dr Linda Porter, Peter Stiffel, Dr Valerie Schutte and Dr Estelle Peronk. For further details, testimonials from current participants and to book your place on this unique experience, please visit onthetudortrail.com or nataliegruniger.com. I'd also like to acknowledge and thank the generous listeners who continue to support Talking Tudors on Patreon and extend a heartfelt thank you to everyone who's taken the time to rate and review the show. If you love the podcast and you never miss an episode, I invite you to join the Talking Tudors patron community. Visit patreon.com slash talking tutors for more information. Now is actually a great time to join because you will receive two months free when you pledge annually before the 30th of June 2023. Join the Talking Tutors patron family to instantly unlock access to 138 exclusive posts, including audio releases and videos. Patrons are also eligible to attend additional monthly live talks that take place on Zoom and to enter patron-only monthly giveaways. June's prize is a copy of Colouring History, The Tudors and Colouring History, Tudor Queens and Consorts. You can also support the podcast and share your love of Tudor history with the world by buying Talking Tudors merchandise. There are a number of designs and products available, including phone cases, mugs, notebooks and apparel. Check out all the products at talkingtudors.threadless.com. I would absolutely love to see pics of you wearing or using your Talking Tudors merch, so please do tag me on social media and use the hashtag I love Talking Tudors. 
Now on to today's episode. I'm so excited to welcome Alex and Ollie from the Crooked House to Talking Tudors. Described by Country Life as one of the most photographed homes, the Crooked House in Lavenham was built in 1395 and is said to be the inspiration for the old English nursery rhyme, There Was a Crooked Man. Now home to two crooked men, husbands Alex and Ollie, the Crooked House attracts visitors from across the globe who come to marvel at its fairy tale facade and enjoy the popular experiences and events held within. From Henry VII to Elizabeth I, John Lennon to Harry Potter, the Crooked House has seen them all over over the past 600 years and stands proud to tell the tale. Find out more at www.crookedhouselavenham.com and follow the Crooked Men on Instagram at Crooked House Lavenham. Our conversation's coming up straight after this short musical break. Welcome to Talking Tudors. Today I have two guests on the show. I love when I have multiple guests. And we have Alex and Ollie from the Crooked House in Lavenham. So welcome to Talking Tudors. Hello, great to be here. So what we might do, maybe can you just briefly just introduce yourselves and just tell our listeners a little bit about you and, and your background? Yeah, of course. Um, well, we are Alex and Ollie. Um also known as the Crooked Men, um, because we live in the Crooked House, which is a 600-year-old um, medieval and Tudor house um, here in Lavenham, England. Um, and it is the inspiration for the famous nursery rhyme, there was a crooked man who walked a crooked mile. As individuals, we've always loved history, so this really is a, a dream house for us to live in. Ollie um, studied classics at Cambridge, and I, Alex, um, have always loved collecting antiques and been interested in historic sort of homes and interiors. And so the crooked house really is the, the perfect place for us, and we love being here. No, I love it. I actually have seen it. It's been many, many years, but I did visit Lavenham once many years ago. And and I remember looking at it and thinking, what a stunning house. And I can't believe you own it. That's that's incredible. We We feel very, very lucky indeed to be here. You certainly are. So tell us a little bit about the history of this particular house. Well, it's it's a fascinating story, really. I suppose to summarise, it was built by wealth and then preserved by poverty. So the house itself was built in 1395 as part of a much bigger hall house. Uh, so it's a medieval hall house uh, with a great hall that would have been in the middle of the house, which is now our next door neighbour to the right. And then on either side of the great hall would have been two wings. Uh, and what you see today is the cricket house, which we live in, uh, would have been the service wing of the bigger hall house. So we would have had downstairs um, the pantry, the kitchen and the buttery, um, which is now our, our sitting room. Uh, and then upstairs in the room we're in today uh, was the uh, weaver's workshop. As you may know, and some of the listeners might know, Lavenham was 
one of the richest places in England in the late 14th, really all the way through to the end of the 16th century. And Lavarona made all its money through the wool trade. And so the person who built this house would have been a rich wool merchant. Um, because Lavenham was producing a very fashionable cloth at the time called Lavenham Blue. Um, and that's where all the money poured into this, what now looks like a little village, but actually at the time it was the 14th richest place in England, paying more tax than places like York. It was really the centre of the economy for a while. But then Lavenham's fortunes faded, um, some weavers came over from the Netherlands and started to produce more fashionable, finer cloth. And so suddenly Lavenham uh, was no longer the centre of the, the wool trade and, and all the money disappeared. And it's at that point that these very grand houses got divided up. And so our original hall house is now three houses. Uh, and we're lucky enough to, to still live in one of the surviving wings. Um, but that's really the, the story that makes it today the best preserved medieval and Tudor village is actually because of the poverty that came after the wool trade meant that people couldn't knock the houses down and rebuild them. There was no money to, to rebuild Georgian or Victorian houses. And so we're left now with more than 300 listed buildings in this little village. Yes, it's such a, an incredible area, so rich in history, isn't it? And I, and I think recently you posted a, a photo on your Instagram account showing what the house would have kind of looked like when it was originally the three little houses together. I thought that was really yeah. great. Yeah, it, it, we, well, we thought we sort of had to go with Photoshop. I mean, I can't say it's the, the, best, the best in the world, but it does help you really visualise what it would have looked like. We found it actually quite moving to sort of mm. see the original house as such. I mean, we, we love you know, our section of it so much, but to see what it would have looked like. And these would have been huge houses, which I think is what surprises people when they step inside, is it looks like, you know, a little cottage, yeah. uh, sort of cute and crooked. But when you come inside, the rooms are much larger than you expect because they were, you know, rooms of a much bigger house. Um, and, and as Ollie said, you know, the people building it were some of the richest people in the country. They were kind of the tech billionaires of the day, the Zuckerbergs and the Musk. <laughs> you know, these were the people really developing fashionable and technologies and the wool they were producing was going all over the world. So um, these houses were, were built to show that status. Um, and it's wonderful to think that they were working and living in these spaces too that we now live in too. Exactly. So so tell us, this is what we're dying to know, tell us how you came to own this amazing property. It's quite a magical story, really. I, I came here in December 2018 um, and I was living in London at the time. Um, I hadn't met Ollie at this time. And one of my friends said, oh, why don't you have a weekend away and go to Bury St. Edmunds, which is a beautiful cathedral city about 20 minutes away. And they said, when you do go, take a taxi across the little Lavenham, this beautiful little village, and have a tea at a place called the Crooked House. And it was a tea room at the time. The Crooked House has been lots of things over, over the, the past six centuries. <laughs> and, um, and I came here for tea. And as I stepped inside the house, I just totally fell in love with it. It is the, the most magical little place. And I thought, I, I want to live here one day. And of course, that seemed ridiculous at the time. I lived and worked in London. My whole life was there. But I thought, you know, one day when, I, when I'm an old crooked man, I will, I will move to, uh, to Lavenham and live in the crooked house. So then in 2020, um, I saw the crooked house came up for sale. It was January 2020. And again, I thought, you know, now's the time I'd love to go and live there, but it didn't seem practically possible. Again, my job and my friends and my life were in London. And so I thought in the future, I'll move there one day and, and retire to Lavenham. Then two months later, London went into lockdown with the COVID pandemic. Everything changed. And actually, it was during the pandemic that Ollie and I met. It was in May 2020. We, we met online. We obviously couldn't meet in person. There was lockdown all over the UK. And I was saying, oh, look, the Crooked House, you know, wouldn't this be an amazing place for us to live one day in the future? And we both agreed that it was the perfect house for us. Um, you know, potentially as a re retirement place later in life. But as the pandemic continued, um, our offices said, you know, 
you, you can work more flexibly, you can work from other places. And so suddenly this sort of dream from for 30 years in the future became a, a, a possibility. And so, um, so yeah, we dreamt of, of moving there and it all happened very quickly, actually, you know, within three months of knowing each other, we had a, an offer in on the house, which seems totally mad, but we knew straight away that we'd be together forever. Um, and then a year later in sort of March, 2021, we moved here. We got engaged here in May 2021 and got married here in, in December 2021. So it really has been a total whirlwind. But there's there's only one one of these houses. I mean, it's so perfect for us. It's such an unusual house, but it's exactly the sort of the house that we want to live in. We both love history. There are very few houses this old um, that you can still live in, over 600 years old. Got so much history throughout the centuries and it's an unusual layout you know it is because it's been divided up from being the hall house it's got these large rooms like i said that are perfect for entertaining we both love entertaining but it is it is a small house it's got one bedroom it's got one kitchen one bathroom so so it's a very sort of cozy house for the two of us at the same time a house that we can share with with hundreds of people and and that's sort of the, the plan you know it is all about sharing it with everyone and sharing that amazing history here and bringing people in Oh, what a beautiful story. My face hurts from smiling so much. I love that. That's just, oh. That just adds to the, the beauty of it. So so tell us a little bit about why the house is actually crooked. I'm looking at it behind you guys, and it's definitely tilted. <laughs> it very much is. Well, like we said, it was sort of built by the wealth of Plavenham. And so all the money was pouring into this place so quickly. And these wool merchants were making so much money. They wanted to build all of these big hall houses for themselves. What they didn't necessarily do was wait long enough to build them. So the wood that was used to build the houses hadn't dried properly when the, they were constructed. And so as the wood dried in the first, probably the first sort of 50 to 100 years of this house's life, the wood dried and twisted. And so that's why this house and, and actually several others in Lavenham are a little bit uh, crooked. We think they're, they're wonderfully wonky, but uh, then of course we moved out of the period of wealth into the period of poverty in Lavenham. And again, although these houses were crooked, they didn't have the money to knock them down and rebuild them. And so we're left with these beautifully crooked houses. But it's that combination of building so quickly throughout the, the wealthy time of Lavenham and then moving out of that period that's that's preserved them. Uh, and of course, we love it. You know, it's it brings a smile to everyone's face when they stand outside the house. It's it's perfectly imperfect. But that to us is a really special part of the, the house's character. You know, we wouldn't like it nearly as much if it was straight. So um, we're, we're, we're proud to be crooked. Let's put it that way. There's this sort of idea that it'd be very romantic and magical to own a historic property. But I imagine that a lot of work goes into maintaining a house like this one, especially a 600 year old house. So talk to us a little bit about the restoration journey. I mean, as you say, this is a, a, a lifelong project and commitment for us. We intend to be here for the rest of our lives um, to really look after and preserve and protect the Crooked House. I mean, in terms of the, the restoration, we were very fortunate that when we moved in, a lot of the sort of structural restoration to the house had been done over the last um, 30 years or so. And so in that sense, you know, the actual layout of the house, the, the strength of, beam, of the beams, you know, it's all in, in good order and, and good condition and, and exactly sort of how we want it to be. We did actually have a structural engineer come to check it out when we bought the house um, as a way of just checking that it was strong enough for us to have our wedding here and all our friends here and everyone that we invite in. And he said it was four times stronger than commercial building regulations today because of the amount of wood that they use and the scale of the beams that are here. Again, you know, the, the large beams were a sign of wealth 
of the wool merchants building the house. And so they bought the biggest beams they could and used many more beams than they needed in the structure of the house. So there's a lot of wood here. Um, and that means it is incredibly strong. And so, you know, even through the poverty days, it has survived and it is here intact. And so in terms of the restoration, it was in a very sort of strong position. But it needed, you know, a lot of love. Um, it needed um, a big sort of decorative job to be done for us to make it home and also for us to kind of bring it to life in a way that we wanted to. We want through everything we do here to tell the 600 year story of this house through the medieval and Tudor periods and on to the present day. Um, and so the decoration that we've done here is, is all designed to tell that story. And that was a big project for us, a wonderful project. You know, we, we've loved doing it. Um, and it and it continues in terms of further restoration that needs to be done. There is one major project that we are working towards, um, which will be the sort of the final piece that protects the house for the future. And that is um, the back wall of the Crooked House. From the front, it looks a beautiful sort of vision of medieval and Tudor glory. Uh, from the back, it doesn't quite look the same. Um, it's been covered in the 1960s. In a, in a wonderful concrete render, um, which actually isn't isn't what we want for a, for a, a wooden building, um, because it traps in the moisture and stops it breathing and, and can cause the, the wooden beams and, and the oak to rot. So our, our next big job is to remove that concrete render and replace it with a traditional lime plaster, which will allow it to breathe. And having that in place will be sort of protecting and preserving the house for the next 600 years. So everything we do here at the house, you know, all our events and experiences are all helping fund that. Um, and so everything that we're, that we're doing is really working towards protecting and preserving this magical little place. Wonderful. And so what would you say are the greatest challenges associated with owning a, a historic property? Of course, I should start by saying we love every minute of living here, <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean it, it has no challenges to it. I mean, I think the first one that you notice living in a 628 year old house is it can be quite cold. Um, these are large rooms that are difficult to heat with modern heating. Uh, and so I guess our approach to it is to live more like the people who originally built the house did and not try to force it into being a modern house. And so we have lots of sheepskin, we have lots of fur, uh, and we even got Tudor costumes made. Um, so we have our own Tudor costumes, which have been handmade very accurately to, to the Tudor period. Uh, and actually what you find is, although it started as a bit of a novelty project because we thought it'd be quite fun, actually when you wear the clothes that the people wore, it all makes sense. They're very, very warm. It's thick wool. It's silk lined. Um, and so we're quite comfortable in our Tudor outfits in, in this house. Um, but that's certainly one challenge is keeping warm throughout the winter. We also have you know, lots of the, the building is listed, uh, including a 15th century painting of a camel, uh, which is on a beam in the ceiling in our bathroom. Now, that sounds wonderful. Uh, and it is. But it does mean that we can't really put a big steamy shower in there. Um, because we steam away the painting. But luckily, Lavenham is a holiday destination. And so across the road, we have a wonderful spa and we just go there to shower every day instead. Um, so we head over either in our Tudor costumes or in a dressing gown uh, and have a shower there so that we can keep our camel uh, for the next 600 years on the ceiling. And then maybe the last thing I would say is you're, you're not actually alone in this house. Um, there are lots of other things living here. Uh, we have swifts, little birds that nest just behind our bed. Uh, and so we've got to look after them. Uh, we've also have to be on the lookout for things like Death Watch Beetle. Um, it's a small beetle that lives in wood and you hear it tapping, which is trying to attract a mate. Um, so if you hear the tapping of a Death Watch beetle, you've got to look out because if they do multiply, then they can eat away the, the beans. So we've got to just keep an eye out or keep an ear out, I would say. And what's amazing about Death Watch beetle is that though we don't want to have them in the beams here, when you do hear one or two occasionally, 
you can communicate with them. If you repeat their tap back, then they'll speak back to you. And it's quite amazing that you can really interact with all these all these creatures. So as I say, we don't want to encourage them too much. <laughs> no. And then I guess last but not least, we share the house with a few characters from the past as well. Uh, lots of the residents here from the last 600 years are still here. In the form of ghosts, we have several ghosts, I think about seven actually, some of which we've met, some of which we haven't yet, but lots of people in Lavenham have either lived or worked in this house and can tell lots of the stories. And so lots of us have had similar encounters with some of the ghosts here. Um, and so, you know, what looks like a little house with two people in is actually quite a busy place. I was hoping when you said that you're not alone now, I thought, oh, I'm hoping he's going to say ghosts. And you did. I'm so excited. So that's amazing. Have you actually, yes, have you actually seen anything or is it more just a sense that you get or perhaps hearing something? It's lots of different senses. Um, so, I mean, in terms of seeing, um, I have, yeah, woke up one one morning and then saw a, a, a ghost lady who's in our bedroom, <laughs> which I was expecting when people said, oh, there's a ghost in your bedroom. I thought, I'm terrified. I don't want to sleep in there. I slept with all the lights on whenever Ollie was away. Um, but actually it was a very, it was like sort of having your grandmother in the bedroom. So it just felt very calming and someone's there looking after you. It was a very pleasant feeling. And I went straight back to sleep afterwards which was sort of completely unexpected. I was expecting to be terrified, but actually it was very nice. And weirdly, when I reported it to, to Ollie and, and put it up on our Instagram today that it had happened, one of our neighbours who, who used to live in the house, she said, oh, I hear you've met the lady in the bedroom. Isn't she a you know, kind, caring figure? And she had a very similar experience. Um, and then there are other ghosts who, who you hear and others who, which are sort of present through a sort of scent. And Ollie recently and I, experienced. I did actually, again, in the middle of the night, I woke up to an incredibly strong smell of floral women's perfume. And lots of people have said that a lady called Mrs. Carter, who lived here in the 1960s, her father was the priest under the last Tsar in Russia. Uh, and they fled when the revolution happened and came to England. And then eventually Mrs. Carter moved to Lavenham. And lots of people say that you don't see her, but you can smell her um, either through perfume or a sort of incense type smell. Uh, and so when this really strong smell happened in the bedroom, I was kind of sniffing around <laughs> in the middle of the night trying to figure out where it was coming from. But it, it came and went so quickly. My only conclusion it was that it was Mrs. Carter. Uh, maybe she was coming to bed and <laughs> uh, you know, from a night out. I don't know. But uh, it was, again, quite a nice feeling. Mm. I didn't feel scared. I was just very surprised. You'll be pleased to hear that we do have some Tudor ghosts as well. We have three Tudor men apparently downstairs <laughs> roaming around in what would have been the, the kitchen and, and buttery. Um, we haven't seen them ourselves, but when it was a tea room, um, the lady who ran the tea room, who's been uh, very sort of supportive of what we're doing here, she's told us lots of stories and said that quite a few of the uh, the visitors to the tea room said that they were seeing these these Tudor men walking through the walls. And of course, that makes sense because on one of the walls, there there is a sort of archway in the plasterwork where they would have gone through into the Great Hall. So, so yes, the Tudors are here with us too. We're all, all in it together. What a wonderful story. I love it. And so you're obviously very passionate about this house. I can see, you know, the love in your faces. Is it just the history or is there more that you love about owning this particular house? It's kind of everything. I mean, we very much see this as our home for life. You know, we will be here until the very end and hopefully stay on as ghosts afterwards as well. So there is that sense of feeling of this kind of lifelong home, which really is, is a wonderful place that you could just pour all your love into, knowing that, it, you know, you'll be here forever as such. I very much hope that we will be. But also, like you say, I think it is about feeling very connected to history. We haven't grown up in particularly old houses. And just so to suddenly live in a, in a 600-year-old house and you think of, all that's happened during the, the time uh, that this house has been here and that people have used the house in a very similar way to we 
to how we use it. You know, waking up in in the same same bedroom, potentially in the same bed. Our bed is three hundred years old, um, and you think. You know, actually, they've gone downstairs the same way they've eaten in the same spaces, they've moved around, they've fallen in love, you know, all of that that's happened that, that we're doing here. And you do feel incredibly connected to history. And also because Lavenham and the Crooked House have such a rich history, being such an important part of, of sort of British history with the wool trade, um, you think of the, the real sort of events, the national events that happened here. You know, Elizabeth I um, came to Lavenham on her royal progress, and so she would have passed the Crooked House with her 1,500 sort of courtiers and servants that she brought with us. And you think of the wool merchant looking out of the same window that we look out of and seeing Elizabeth I passing in the street. Think of when Henry VII came here in 1498, because it was such a, a rich place. It was one of the first places he came to um, during his reign. And he fined the people of Lavenham for showing off too much wealth. <laughs> he thought you know, they were too rich and so took lots of their money and went back to London. So there is that sense of, you know, these real figures from history who we're, we're sort of learning more and more about as we live here, um, who were actually, you know, around these particular four walls and, and in these same streets that we walk down every day. It really does feel a very sort of special place to live. And, and that's why we want to share it with everyone. And um, so everything we do here is about bringing people in um, and um, and sharing that amazing history with them. And I'm sure that everyone listening now has put Lavenham on their list of places to visit. So <laughs> what are some of the sort of must-see places, apart from your beautiful house, of course, that people should visit while they're in the area? I mean, where do you even start? As we said, it, it is Britain's best-preserved medieval and Tudor village. And so really everywhere you look is, is a scene of, of beauty and, and history. Um, but I guess if to, to focus specifically on other parts of Lavenham, and the Guildhall in our marketplace is a magnificent building. It's one of Britain's best timber-framed buildings. So that was the Guildhall of Corpus Christi and is now a National Trust property and that you can visit as, as a museum. But it, it really is a, a stunning centrepiece village uh, in the marketplace. There's also the Wool Hall, um, which is now part of the Swan Hotel. But that was where all the merchants would have taken their wool to display and to sell. Uh, and actually, that gives you a very good sense of what the Crooked House would have looked like originally as its full hall house, um, because the wall hall still looks you know, pretty much the same with the hall in the middle and the two wings. So that's definitely worth looking at. And there's also Little Hall, which is another very early building. That's 14th century, late 14th century, like we are. Um, that's made most famous by the Gayer Anderson twins, who are famed for their collection of Egyptian antiquities. Uh, most notably the Gayer Anderson cat, which is now in the British Museum. But they lived in, in Little Hall and they have a, a wonderful collection of art and, and objects uh, that you can go and visit now uh, as a museum. It was also uh, host to an art college. And so there's a very rich artistic history in Lavenham and Little Hall is, is a perfect example of that. So there are really some, some wonderful, I'd say, you know, Tudor and medieval buildings you can visit, as well as some fantastic shops, there are great restaurants. I mean, it is the most wonderful place to live as a, a tourist, I suppose, holiday destination. We feel like we're on holiday every day living here because, um, because you know, there are people outside all the time having, having a lovely time uh, experiencing our, our little village. I imagine you always have people taking photos of your house as well. Oh, Absolutely. Yes, we love it. <laughs> we really do. And yeah, throughout the year for different occasions, we, we decorate the house. You know, for Halloween last year, we had a huge cobweb over the front and then um, for Christmas we decorate it. It really is a it's an all-year-round destination for people to visit. Mm -hmm. And um, and we're yeah delighted, as Ollie says, to, to be living here full time. 
Wonderful. And and you did mention that you have some events so that people can actually experience the magic of this house for themselves. So do you want to tell us a little bit about those particular events? Yes. Yeah. When I first came to the Crooked House and came up to what was the Weaver's workshop, the, the room that we're in currently, I really sort of envisaged it having this sort of giant dining table down the centre. Uh, I mean, it's a sort of wacky thing to think of, but but it is somewhere that feels like a sort of a medieval great hall. And so I always wanted to do a sort of supper club here in a way. But what we've done is sort of expand the idea uh, to make all our events and experiences here much more sort of immersive. And everything we do tells that 600 year story of the house. So um, as I say, we have these immersive dining experiences and we have a calendar of those throughout the year. And you can find all the details of that on our website. And they tie in with specific moments throughout the year. At um, Halloween, we tell the story of the ghosts of the house and take people through its its journey that way. Um, at Christmas, uh, we really focus um, a lot of the celebrations around a Tudor, a Tudor Christmas and Tudor Christmas traditions. So yes, you'll see the, the, the table and the food all sort of inspired by some of those Tudor customs. Um, and then at other times of the years too, whether that's during the summer or the spring, um, there are other sort of ways that we, we share the house through these dining experiences. We have some amazing people who, who support us throughout those experiences. We've got this amazing Tudor musician um, who we work with a lot, and she really helps sort of bring that sort of life back into the house and through hearing the music that they would have heard here during Tudor times. And Ollie does all the cooking. I can't take any credit for that. But but sometimes, you know, not always, but sometimes some of the dishes are inspired by sort of the different periods of history that this house has, has been through. So we love the sort of dining side of things and the supper club side. And we also offer tours and experiences here. So we have our Crooked Life tours and experiences. And that's where people can come, you know, as individuals, as couples, as small groups of friends. And we will show them around the house and give them the sort of full house tour of the Crooked House. Um, but also um, a walking tour of Lavenham Village as well. And we also do tours um, to other places in the sort of surrounding area. So other sort of Tudor and medieval houses in the area through sort of an extended or an experience um, schedule. Again, all details available on our website. And then I've always loved collecting art and antiques. And we have uh, one of the rooms here in the Crooked House as our art and antiques showroom. And so when people come to visit us, they can explore the collection here and, and potentially take home a piece of history themselves. Um, take home something from the Crooked House, whether that's a painting that we've done ourselves um, or whether that is um, you know, a, a piece of furniture from one of the periods that this house spans. So there's lots of ways that people can experience it. And, and as I say, everything that we do here is helping preserve and protect um, and restore the Crooked House. So we're really grateful for everyone's support. And we've met so many wonderful people so far and look forward to all the all the more people that we'll meet over the coming years. That's amazing. That's such a variety of events. And you will definitely have me knocking on your door before soon, don't Excellent. you You're worry? You're very welcome. <laughs> we look forward to having you here. Now, I will put the link, of course, to your website with our show notes so that everyone can find that and have a look. And I encourage everyone to follow your Instagram account, which is, you know, very informative, but a lot of fun as well, which is <laughs> the great part about it. And so the last thing I do on Talking Tudors before I let my guests go is a little game of 10 to go. Basically, it's just 10 questions to get to know the two of you a little bit better. So I'll just I'll just divide it up. So we'll do five each. So maybe Alex, we'll start with you. So what's oh, one of your favorite <laughs> favorite holiday destinations? Well, I'd, I'd have to say Lavenham. I mean, <laughs> apart from Lavenham. So, <laughs> apart from Lavenham. Well, to me, it's, it's anywhere with 
uh, with history. Um, I love old houses, we both do. Recently, uh, we went to a friend's wedding up in Yorkshire a few days ago. And as part of the tour, we sort of tied in as many historic houses as we could. The Crooked House here is, is a member of the Historic Houses Association, which is, it's like the National Trust, but it's for privately owned houses. And, um, and so whenever we're touring, we visit as many other historic houses as we can as part of the network. So yes, my, my sort of dream sort of destination for Holly is a historic house um, and ideally a tour around as many as possible. What about the last film or series perhaps that you watched? Uh, good question. I mean, the, the, the problem being in an old house like this is it doesn't feel right to have a television and so we yes, don't actually have a television. <laughs> um, that said, occasionally if we're somewhere that does have a television, we might watch something. Uh, we actually started a series the other day, I think called Becoming Elizabeth, yes. Oh, yes. Um, which follows the, the early period of Elizabeth I's life before she becomes queen. And that was fascinating to see her sort of Edward and Mary as children, essentially, and all the dynamics between the three half-siblings. Um, before, you know, before Elizabeth uh, became queen. So we haven't finished it because, like I said, we're now back in a house that doesn't have a TV. Um, <laughs> but one day we might finish that uh, when we're not when we're not busy doing events or touring or, or, or cooking for 20 people. That's amazing. Well, you do live very authentically then. That's that's good to hear. Uh, the next question maybe is better directed to you, Ollie, but I'll ask Alex anyway. Do you have a signature recipe? Oh, that has to be. That has to be going to Ollie. He does all the cooking here. I mean, I'm an incredibly lucky husband. There. Oh, you uh, lucky All my meals are catered for and they are delicious. Our crooked curry has become very popular at our supper club. Um, and so that would probably be classed as my signature dish now. And obviously you'll all have to come and experience it for yourselves yes. um, by booking and tickets. But yeah, that one's gone down very well. It is delicious. We even had one person come back for four, four seconds. Or so. Wow. <laughs> She loved it so much <laughs> and it, it is utterly delicious. So yes. <laughs> well, that does sound amazing. Okay. So what do you do then when you want to relax, when you're trying to unwind a little bit? Obviously there's that spa across the road. What else do you get up to? I mean, as you say, the spa is a perfect place for that, but also we're surrounded by totally beautiful countryside. Um, and so just at the end of the lane, we're out in the fields. Um, and so, yes, we have lots of lovely long country walks. Um, seeing all the little sheep and lambs in the field at the moment. Um, and um, and it's just really taking in. It's lovely to be surrounded by so much nature. And there's a wonderful nature walk that goes out to the village along one of the old railway tracks, which has been converted into a nature walk. Um, but yes, just sort of out across the, the fields. The wonderful thing about Lavenham is it has the tallest, tallest village church tower in England. <laughs> and so wherever you are out in the countryside, you know how to get home because you head towards the tower and you're always, always home then. And it's always wonderful to be back here relaxing. So, yes, it's a magical place. What would you say is an ideal Sunday morning for you? Probably getting up, going to the spa across the road, of course, because we can't shower here. And then maybe spending a bit more time there. Uh, I am a big reader, so I'd probably like to just sit and read for a little bit um, while Alex either browses eBay or <laughs> for, for more antiques uh, or reads a magazine. But just spending time in our house, I think we're, we're so lucky to live in such a beautiful house. And we just enjoy sitting and, and soaking up the history and, and the interior. Alex, what was a favourite childhood toy of yours? Well, this makes me sound very strange. But <laughs> when I met Ollie, I brought my teddy bear with me. And my teddy bear is is a, is, is a taxidermy baby koala, oh. <laughs> which, which sounds bizarre. Um, but I've always had it. It was my great grandmother's. It's over 120 years old. 
um, and it is a, a little koala that is hollowed out and is now a puppet. <laughs> I mean, it's koala. I've always, I've always loved koala, um, and um, and so yes, so um, so he occasionally joins us. Um, so yes, it makes me sound quite a freak, but I actually kind of think you know I want to look after him forever. So there we go. <laughs> well, I believe he's in good hands, so that that's a good thing. Um, what about a new skill that you would like to learn? Oh, horse riding. Definitely. That's on the list. And it's, um, it's really getting near to the top of the list, actually, when yeah. we have a bit more time. Yeah, we are very keen to be in our Tudor costumes on horseback um, to really live that Tudor moment where we can ride through the village on horseback in costumes. So that's... you'll be seeing lots of photos coming up on Instagram. Once Excellent. We, once we I can't wait for that. Horse, we will, we'll be posing outside the house on horseback. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I was just saying to my husband the same thing. I want to do horse riding lessons. I feel like I might be a natural from my past life. Of something. course. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, so I was going to ask you about pets, but I don't I don't know that you can have pets there, can you? Of course, because of the nursery rhyme, the crooked man had a crooked cat. We are two crooked men. Um, we would love to have crooked cats one day. Currently, we can't um, just because, you know, we're out and about touring quite a lot. And so it wouldn't be nice to leave a little cat on their own. But we do borrow our neighbor's crooked cats. Toby and Pumpo. So they hop over the wall and we look after them a lot. Um, so yes, I think at some point it'll be Crooked Cats. Uh, we do actually have, amongst the ghosts, we have a ghost Crooked Cat here, cool. um, which apparently we haven't yet, but apparently you can feel pudding around on the bed. Um, and then the previous owners reported that it was their cat called Dino. So we look forward to meeting Dino. So for now we have a ghost cat. In the future, we will have a live cat. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And is there a mystery, whether it be historical or contemporary that you would love to know the answer to or to solve? Well, Princes in the Tower is the classic one, of course, mm-hmm. um, but specifically about, about the, the Crooked House. We have a medieval letterbox um, on the front, which has a sort of monster eating a child. <laughs> and we'd love to know what that's all about. <laughs> You're going to have to post some pictures or send me some pics of these things so I, yeah. I can show people. And I want to see the camel in the, in the bathroom as well. Oh, yes. Check the Instagram. We'll put them all up on there. Yes, fabulous. And Ali, the last one for you, and this is going to suit you perfectly. What was the last book that you read? Oh, the last book I read was called uh, The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. Very beautiful book set in, in uh, Cyprus. But I'm also, I, I tend to balance a fiction and a non-fiction at the same time. And so also Tracy Borman's Witches, a fantastic book because we had a lot of the witch hunting that happened in England actually happened in this region in East Anglia. Um, we had witches very tragically burnt in the marketplace in Lavenham. Uh, and so I've got very interested in, in the witch trial and the whole movement around the, the witch hunting because so much of it centred in this part of England. Tracy's written a fantastic book all about James I and the witch hunt, so that would be another great recommendation. Fabulous. And she's just such a lovely person that really it's just worth plugging her work anytime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And very last question, and then I will let you both get on with your day, is a Tudor takeaway. So I ask all my guests for a takeaway, which is just something for our listeners to go off and explore after the episode. So do you have a takeaway for us? Uh, I do, actually. And it is another book, but it's Elizabeth I's Collective Works. Uh, now, Alex and I have become slightly obsessed with Elizabeth I. Uh, and we have we have watched some of, like we said, some series, some films, but we always come away thinking, how accurate actually was that? You know, you hear these wonderful speeches during the films of Elizabeth I, but, but how accurate is it? And this book is an incredible 
anthology of everything that she wrote that we still have a record of. So all her letters, her prayers, her speeches. So you can hear her voice. And I think that's so magical to be able to read what she actually wrote rather than a Hollywood director's version of it. So I would say, you know, if you want to get to the really to her as a person, uh, that would be my recommendation. Elizabeth I collected works. It's fantastic. Fascinating. What a wonderful recommendation. And I don't think in over 200 episodes that we've had that one. So now um, I am a big fan of The Crooked Men and The Crooked House. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and talking Tudors with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having us. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Talking Tudors. Thank you so much for joining us. I absolutely love to hear from listeners, so if you have any comments or suggestions or just want to say hi, please get in touch with me via my website, www.onthetudortrail.com, where you'll also find show notes for today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, please share the podcast with friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I also invite you to join our Talking Tudors podcast group on Facebook, where you can interact with other Tudor history lovers and hear all the behind-the-scenes news. You'll also find me on Twitter. My handle is on the Tudor Trail and on Instagram as the most happy 78. It's time now for us to re-enter the modern world. As always, I look forward to talking Tudors with you again very soon.